How is it with your soul? That is a question that is an important one for followers of Christ. And maybe your answer today could be different from somebody else that's in the room with you or in this gathering virtually. It may be that you've been renewed during this time of COVID-19 and the shelter in place. Uh, maybe you're weary. Your soul is weary in a dry and dusty land, as the psalmist says. Or you feel downcast. Another psalms represents that kind of emotion. Or, as one person said, Tim, I feel like the soul is shriveled up. I'm struggling. So there's a number of responses to that question. And I think it's an important question as followers of Jesus Christ, but also as Wesleyan Christians. John Wesley was a genius at a movement called Methodism. And, and he was very pragmatic in that he had people living in community together spiritually and and there would be societies and classes and what, and what were called bands. These would be small groups. And in these small groups, uh, significant for the purpose of spiritual formation, one of the key questions that would surface, and really all other questions related to this one question, and, and it would be this. How is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? And it would be asked and requested of each of them weekly, once every two weeks. And they had an opportunity to answer that. I think it's a, an important question for us individually and collectively. And as Brenda gave us context for the scripture out of Deuteronomy, which means the second giving of the law, this subsequent giving of the law for the people of God had in it a number of rituals, regulations, restrictions. But I think there's almost a, a summation that comes about in this verse that is helpful. Only take care, stress, exclusively take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, lest you depart from the things that you've learned in your heart all these days and teach them to your children and your children's children. And so the question that surfaces from this text, if you have your message notes in front of you, it was a PDF sent because we're going to refer to a diagram, is what does it mean to keep my soul diligently? What does it mean to be alert to that? and uh, a steward of my soul as a person of faith. How do I stay alert and keep watch over myself, is what the text says. Well, <clears throat> I think a, a helpful thing is theologically to kind of define the soul. We, we throw the word out in a lot of different ways, and, and even in the study of the word, we see how it was used in different ways. But I think a biblical understanding is that it encompasses a number of elements in who we are. Uh, the body, which helps to inform the soul. The mind, our mental and cerebral 
capacity and and spirit and it's not disconnected from relationships. And so you have that physical aspect of the soul, which I want to focus on in the latter half of this message. The physical aspect, you have that cognitive aspect that allows you to think and reason and plan. And, and then there's the will at the center of the soul. And it gives us the ability to say yes or no. And that is important to us. Once again, as Wesleyans, we believe that there's something to be said about volition and discernment and being able to choose. And so something that's foundation to the, foundational to the understanding of the soul is this. It's not so much that I have a soul. I am a soul. I am a unified creature designed by God with these different elements. Psalm 63, one says, Oh God, you are my God, and I will seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. In other words, he's saying, all that I am, it yearns for me. The, yearns for you, excuse me. It, it yearns and calls out for you, the physical and the mental and the, and, and the will. All of that is longing, like a deer panting for water. And Jesus helps us with the importance of soul keeping in Matthew 16, 26. He says, for what will it profit a person if that person gains the entire world materially and prestige and power and yet forfeits the essence of who they are, their soul? Or what will a person give in exchange of his soul? And so what we discover is that all these elements help to make up who we are as a spiritual human being. We're, we're not an angel, but we're not an animal. We're, we're designed in the imago Dei, the, the image of God. And we are multifaceted in these different ways. And to be aware of that is important. Taking the body, for example, and the soul. Body and soul. I think about a funeral and how we deal with that reality in our lives. Some of us are better with contending with death and facing it. Others struggle and want to deny the reality. But it is a reality. And it's part of who we are in our living. And there are many reasons um, why we choose the wording that we do in a funeral. Well, they're gone, we say. Or we recognize that their spirit is no longer in this shell of a body, this space outfit, space suit that mm -hmm. contains the person. And, and so we, we try to connect that in our minds. How, how is it that we have a body, but we, we have a spirit? Paul says this to the Corinthians, we are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That when we die, our spirit, we give up the body and 
we are present with the Lord. And so today we recognize that our body is finite. It, it's used to serve us and to serve God. And Paul recognizes that finiteness, if you would, when he says, therefore, do not lose heart. Okay. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And so if you have your message notes, take a look at, I want you to see the integration of what we call the soul. And you'll see the design. Now, any one diagram doesn't really capture the essence, probably philosophically or theologically, as accurately as it should. But I think this diagram is helpful. The concentric circles. And you have the soul that is kind of the surrounding periphery that holds it all together. The body, the mind. We hear in the scriptures, and let your mind be renewed and your will. And so with this diagram, we see a integration of who we are. And we also find the body is to be stewarded and that each of these are to be in proper order. And so um, as we take a look at this, Brenda read for us earlier, do not, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You see, soul care has to do with the fact, and one element that I want to talk about today, and we're going to do a three-week series on this. We're going to talk about the mind and the will and how the spirit brings all of that together in a coordinated way and an integration. But one of the things I want to speak about today is the body and its relationship to the soul. And, and when these things are in proper order, it's God glorifying. When my thoughts are good and I'm focused on noble and good values, well, that will direct willfully my body. My body is meant to serve my will and to glorify God. But what happens in sin, there is a disintegration. My body begins to take over my will. And we would call that addiction. That is what's described as addiction. Addiction is when our appetites win the day. They get in the driver's seat. Whether that means a chemical or medicinal, medical, drug-related addiction, or sexual, or any kind of addiction. It's when things get out of order. When they're not coordinated in the right way. What a beautiful thought to think that this is somehow this human 
failed flesh inhabits the Spirit of God. And if I believe that to be the case, then I'm called to soul care. I'm called to steward, and specifically today, to steward my body. And I I think about the gym. I really miss the gym. And and maybe it shows. But, But I really miss the gym. It's just such a good outlet for me. Physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, It's a chance for me to be in community with people I'm not responsible for. It's an opportunity for me to work on stewarding this body. But, But sometimes I can see where it gains a higher priority than it should. When I, when I look at some of, the, some of the guys and gals in the gym and they have elevated that to a premium in terms of their appearance. I have nothing to worry about there. But that has become a huge value for them. That's an example where things get disintegrated. And the soul. And then diet, as somebody said, oh my goodness, wasn't it Jesus that said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is, is weak. Delia does such a good job of caring for my dad, she'll bring in all these things that he loves. All these unhealthy things like pastries and <laughs> candy. And I'll consume some of those. I'll, I'll, in, I'll, I'll uh, in, step in and I'll enjoy them. And she'll say, that is not for you. <laughs> and that is where the body and the appetites have overcome the will. And so in that, it is important that we see the value of stewarding our body. Today specifically, I talk about the body We know it is finite. In fact, one of your former pastors said, Tim, I'm so old, I've decided it's just not worth it to buy green bananas. (laughs) There is a wasting away of the body. We know that the aging process takes place, that there's human frailty. But the wonderful hope that we have in Christ is he is doing something inwardly. He is renewing us. But I think we've got to take seriously the things that will help us to integrate the body with the soul. And a good friend of mine who really is a spiritual mentor uh, has become a grandfather in the last three to four years. And he said, Tim, it has been so good for me because he said, I know that the Lord has numbered my days. And so I have enjoyed these grandchildren and I want to enjoy them as long as I can. And so I am going to try to be healthier. I'm working on wellness so that the Lord doesn't have to subtract (laughs) too many based on my poor decisions. And so how is it with your soul? Today we talked about the body and how it relates to the mind and how it relates to the will. 
But how all of that cohesively comes together as we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us and direct us as spiritual persons who follow after Jesus. Let's pray together.